This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Words of Integration and Guidance by Walter Brueggemann. So we are on the way in this business of Lent. Lent is a question, a gift, and a summons. The questions of Lent are, what are we doing? Are we working for that which does not satisfy? Are we spending for that which is not bread? The gifts of Lent are free. Gifts in the gospel that sustain life, wine and milk, water and bread, and all the markings of sacrament that refuse our thin attempts at empire. The summons of Lent is to bear new fruit, to imagine an alternative to empire, to do what is in sync with the God of the gospel, the God who has another intention for our lives, who wants us out of the rat race of bigger is better, and so has mercy, who gives us pardon when we sense we are not doing enough. We are left with a new sense of ourselves as God's people, no longer working for that which does not satisfy, receiving good gifts that we need for life, engaging in a new productivity of that which heals and transforms. This could be, of any one of us, a return to our true self after almost being talked out of it. A reading of scripture from Isaiah 55, verses 1 and 2a. Ho, everyone who thirsts, Come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And, this, and the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. For the Word of God in Scripture, for the Word of God among us, for the Word of God within us. The Gospel begins in a de-centered location. In a de-centered location. 
What do I mean by that? Well, if you wanted to go to the center or the heart of the financial world, uh, at least in our country, you'd probably go to Wall Street, to the New York Stock Exchange. Probably not to the lemonade stand down the street, or maybe frozen lemonade stand this time of year. If you wanted to go to the heart of the political happenings in our country, you'd probably go to Washington, D.C., not a middle school class election in a small town in Nebraska, although that would be interesting as well. And if you wanted to go to the heart of the athletic world, at least as it is right now, you probably wouldn't go to the trampoline in my backyard. You might go to Pyeongchang in South Korea, at least the center of the Olympics uh, right now. And similarly, in ancient times, if you wanted to go to the heart, the center of the religious life of the ancient people of Israel, you would go to Jerusalem, where there was the temple and the leadership in the history. That was the center. That was the heartbeat of everything. And yet, in this Gospel of Mark, we read that John appeared not in Jerusalem, not in the center, but in the wilderness. And then Mark says that people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem, so Mark might use a little bit of hyperbole, but we already know, all the people of Jerusalem went out to the wilderness to see John and to see what John was doing. And Jesus goes too. And he's baptized. And the Spirit descends. And the heavens open. And he hears a voice which says, You are my Son, my Beloved. In you I am well pleased. Now, we might imagine that the next step in a career of a religious leader is to go off to Jerusalem. Right? To go and train under those who are appointed as caretakers, as leaders of the tradition that's been handed down over centuries. To go where all the important things have happened. And yet, in verse 12 we read, the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. De-centered. Such a shift might cause spiritual whiplash. Wait, God, I thought we were all good. I thought you just said I was your beloved and you were pleased with me. Why now am I out here in the middle of nowhere where things are hard and I feel alone and it's a struggle? And sometimes we may have periods in our own lives where we sense a closeness to God and yet on the heels of that is struggle, challenge, confusion. What's going on here, God? But I think it's an important reminder uh, that whatever challenge or suffering is happening in our lives, it doesn't mean God is not pleased with us. God says very clearly to Jesus, with you I am well pleased. And yet the next step, right? The very next thing is challenge and struggle and isolation. 
And if we're in that place, I think that's a helpful reminder. But this doesn't mean God's punishing me or mad at me or that I'm not enough. And I think in the case of Jesus, what God may be saying is if you're going to minister to those on the margins, those on the edges, you first have to spend some time there. So this is like a spiritual training ground for Jesus, the wilderness. And so he goes out there for 40 days, 40 days out of the spotlight. He had to leave his iPhone behind, and so there was no tweeting about what was happening. He was tempted to, you know, do an Instagram. Here's me in these stones. I'm thinking about turning them into bread. Hashtag yes or hashtag no. We'll kind of see what, see what wins out. But really, 40 days, right, in a very difficult place, right? A place that many of us might not last a weekend, right? And we might have some modern gear with us to help. He didn't have that. And 40 days is no accident, right? It is, of course, recalling the 40 years that the people of Israel spent in the wilderness, Right after God takes them out of slavery to Egypt, slavery to empire, out of oppression, on the way to freedom, there's a bit of wandering, there's a bit of wilderness, there's a bit of testing. In fact, 40 years is a lot more than a bit. There's a lot. And so before Jesus can speak of the kingdom of God, a new promised land, so to speak, before he can take up the mantle of Moses, he too must wander in the wilderness. Well, the season of Lent is also 40 days or so. It's a time where we are invited to enter into the wilderness with Jesus. where we can choose to limit the luxuries we normally partake of. Something that normally gives us joy. We can say, I'm going to choose just to set this aside for this time. Now, that can feel like drudgery or old-time religion or self-punishment. Aren't we beyond that? That feels like religiosity. Well, it can be, right, if we do it out of a sense of duty or a have to or whatever. But if it's something we choose, I think it can be a beautiful invitation. A beautiful invitation. And I think part of that is because it helps us reimagine our lives. It helps us think, well, normally my life goes like this, or these are the things I normally participate in. But during this season, I'm invited to think of my life a little differently or to do some different things. A couple years ago, I gave up a favorite game on my phone for Lent. One of these word games, word streak with friends like Boggle, but on your phone, and it's like two minutes, you know. And it's kind of one of those filler things, right? We all have something like that. You're kind of bored. I'm waiting for the kids after school. They're not quite done, or there's a commercial on, or, or I just need a break as I'm in the middle of working. Oh, maybe I'll just do this little game, right? Set my high score beat that person who beat me last time. And when I gave that up, you realize, wow, I did this a lot. <laughs> and it's kind of a habit, maybe even addiction, you know? It's like, go to, well, I'm kind of bored, but nope, nope. Maybe I'll, nope. 
right? And so when we do something that gets us out of our normal rhythms, it helps us, wow, I don't actually have to do that. I don't have to always do whatever my default thing is in any given setting. And that's kind of a cool and, and freeing thing, right? That I can make this choice to rethink my life in a different way. Instead of those two minutes, which sometimes turns into two or three games and, you know, is more than two minutes, I could read a book. Or I could play a game with one of my own children who's sitting right here instead of this person I don't know on this phone, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, this year I'm giving up uh, beer and meat for Lent. So I'm going to have to totally rethink my diet. <laughs> I'm not, not actually sure what's left. So I think it's going to be coffee and donuts. I'm just going to have a whole Fat Tuesday for Lent. Now, I'm told there are other things that are healthy, so it could be good, right? Um, and so some money that I would have spent on those things, I'm going to take and you know give toward our effort here. Uh, and there may be something that you choose to do, as we've already noted. You know, maybe you give up a meal once a week, or, or whatever you choose to do. It has to be something you want to do. And it can also be something we add, right? Lent is not only an invitation to take away something, it could be something we choose to do. I have a friend who's doing yoga every day for Lent, and this is not a practice she normally does. For some, that might be easy, but for her, it's not a normal rhythm. And she says, I'm going to do that every day. And see what that brings up. See what that invites for me. We're going to post a reading list for immigration resources. We've chosen as a community to think about our practices this Lent through the lens of immigration. And so we're going to have a reading list. And so maybe, you know, adding a new rhythm, finding time, even if it's five minutes a day, reading an immigrant story with yourself or with your family, with your children. But here's the advantage slash luxury slash privilege many of us have when it comes to this, right? We are choosing such a practice in our efforts to join Jesus in the wilderness. But Lent is also a reminder that there are many who are in a wilderness that is not of their choosing. So Lent can be a call to the edges where we seek to join those in our world who are in such a wilderness that they didn't ask for. And so as we've noted, we're going as a community to focus on immigration, to think of the immigrants among us, the men, women, and children, documented and undocumented, who are having to navigate a very difficult path. And to bring in a voice of one such person, I have a poem. A poem written through the eyes of a five-year-old child. The poem is entitled, Bent to the Earth, by Blas Manuel de Luna. They had hit Reuben with the high beams had blinded him so that the van he was driving full of Mexicans going to pick tomatoes would have to stop. Reuben spun the van into a ditch, spun the five-year-old me awake 
to immigration officers, their batons already out, already looking for the soft spots on the body. To my mother being handcuffed and dragged to a van. To my father trying to show them our green cards. They let us go. But Alvaro was going back. So was his brother Fernando. So was their sister Sonia. Their mother did not escape. And so was going back. Their father was somewhere in the field and was free. There were no great truths revealed to me then. No wisdom given to me by anyone. I was a child who had seen what a polished piece of wood could do to a face. Who had seen his father about to lose the one he lost, the one he loved. Who had lost some friends who would never return. I was a child who later that morning bent to the earth and worked. On the other side of the wilderness, Jesus emerges with a vision of how humanity could be and a mission to make it so. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Good news. Jesus has to be called to the edges before he can discover and declare good news. Because if the gospel is anything, if the gospel is anything, it is good news to those whom our society has called other. It is a declaration that the God of the universe sides with the stranger, the sojourner, the refugee, the immigrant. The theologian Leonardo Boff from Brazil was kicked out of the Roman Catholic Church because he proclaimed such a de-centered gospel. A decentered gospel is not always embraced by those in positions of power and privilege. Never forget, he said, that the pursuit of liberation, life, and poetry affects eternity. For the reign of God is indeed made up of such things. But on the way there, on the way to that reign of God, that kingdom of God, that great utopia spoken of by the Hebrew and Christian scriptures, we may have to cross a wilderness of one sort or another. And Lent is an invitation to make that journey together. Amen. Namaste. Would you pray with me? O oh God of the wilderness, God of the edges, God of good news, we thank you for this beautiful picture of Jesus by your prompting going off the beaten path, going out into a difficult place, 
choosing to be there to encounter you in a new way, to discover the depths within himself. May we choose to follow, to enter into the hard places, and to discover a journey with those who are already there. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a time I believed life was over for me. There was a time I believed my life was over. I feel strong today thanks to your help. I'll find my way and I too will lend you a hand when you need one. Sometimes I get so down, I feel like this is the end. Like there's no way in hell I can get over this mountain. The sun has come out beyond the shadow of my doubt. I am walking on this earth stronger than ever. There was a time I believed there'd be no love for me. There was a time I believed there'd be no loving. I feel love today thanks to your Sometimes I get so down, I feel like this is the end. Like there's no way in hell I can get over this mountain. The sun has come out beyond the shadow of my doubt. I am walking on this earth stronger than ever. There was a time I believed there'd be no money for me. There was a time I believed there'd be no money. I feel rich today thanks to your help. I find my way and I too will lend you a hand when you need one. Sometimes I get so down, I feel like this is the end. Like there's no way in hell I can get over this mountain. The sun has come out beyond the shadow of my doubt. I am walking on this earth stronger than ever.
to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Holland Area Arts Council in downtown Holland. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.